Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing, Addie Oye Jr., and I'm joined by host of PS I Love You, XOXO, and WWE's This Is Awesome, Greg Miller. Hello, Blessing. How are you? Doing good, Greg. How's it going? It's not going well, Blessing. If we're going to be honest and we're going to be straightforward and we're going to be, you know, when you started working here, you and I took our relationship to the next level where I said I would always be honest with you. I would always have your back. And so what I don't like seeing is when I open Twitter and I see a disgruntled, former, washed up, kind of funny employee trying to push you around and of course the man i'm talking about needs no introduction he is a leech on the industry he is a bad person jesus (laughs) he is a rain cloud over all of us and that's jared petty and jared petty came at you today the you know nicest what I mean? human being on planet Earth. You were making a, a little fun tweet about KFGD and saying it's what sometimes it's a slow news day, which never happens here. Don't worry about never. that. I always watch the show. I always click you. on it. I'll tell you right now. I was wrong. I was wrong. I found I, I found say, a double news stuff story. In this rubber, yeah. right? Yeah. However, he comes at you and says, you make a little joke, great. And then he goes, how about the big news that you're not going to be a chump and you've decided to play Sweet in 2 after all because you like good video games? Why Why come out and throw this on you? Why come and attack you? He came at me the same way when the Suikoden 2 remake got announced. You know what I mean? As if I mean, it's our fault loves, that we were we we're not as Suikoden. old as he is. He just, he, he just loves Suikoden. I think there, there are two things here for me to point out. One, he did say that I have good taste in video games. Like It started off as him being like, oh, don't be a chump. But then it ended on, hey, you have good taste in video games. You should play, you should play Suikoden, which I appreciate. And See that, which, but- that's not what he's saying, though. You know what I mean? Because I think he's he's just he's trying to paint you into a corner, saying that if you don't, if you're not going to give Sweet into a chance, you don't like good video mm-hmm. games. It's mm-hmm. not really he, he's not complimenting you here. There's no compliment in this from Jared. Well, Petty. my second thing then is how much of this is your fault, Greg Miller, in terms of influence influencing Jared Petty? Because when I, Zero. I I've been in uh, an IGN listener, uh, IGN podcast listener, I've been a kind of funny podcast listener Thank for you. almost a decade at this point. Sure. Right? And I've heard many of Jared Petty on a podcast. Yeah, and when I first that. started hearing I Jared Petty, done it. when I first started hearing Jer- Jared Petty pop up on podcasts, he's always been the most sweet, the sweetest, the most humble, the most kind of human beings on the, in this industry and on this planet Earth. Right? He's a very nice man. But I feel like once I, once he started interacting with you more and more and appearing more and more on kind of funny content, I've sure. seen this uh, maybe I'll call it like a symbiote. I've seen a symbiote take over Jared Petty, where he's more willing to throw around the insults and be more aggressive. And do you think that might be Greg Miller's influence on Jared Petty? No. It, what it is is that, again, what I did is gave Jared Petty a platform. Because before, mm. when he would just ooze through the cracks of a podcast and come to, oh, doki doki, and tell you some fact about a Japanese game, you know what I mean? 
First off, I don't appreciate that Janet Garcia is in the chat saying Greg does bring out the worst in people. <laughs> she also follows up and says I'm awful, and it's because I look up to Greg. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. But uh, Janet, look at that thing. You know, it's it's like the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. All right, like, yeah, am I mean to all of you? Yeah, but you're tough as leather now. Nobody can break you. Nobody can hurt you. Anyways, Jared Petty always played it off like such a nice guy, the Reverend. Yeah, and then you talk to him for ten minutes, you're like, oh my god, you're a pervert. You know what I mean? Like, you're fucked up. I don't and he'd know like, about yeah, that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and then he take a bite of ham. All right, so it's just that I gave him the platform that now you know so much about him, you know this as well. I've, you know I've hung out with well. Jared. I've, I've not gotten that impression of Jared Pet Bear, you've hung out with Jared, too. Is, is, is Jared deep down just like a terrible human being? Oh, not yeah. a terrible human being. He's just a normal human being. Mm. No, Are we not all perverts? I ask you that. I, I mean, mean I feel pervert, like at yeah. one point you were trying to – paint blessing only as a pervert on this platform and not yourself but again that but, that, but that is because i have good video game taste and greg is jealous that i can play great jrpgs like near automata and near in um, genshin impact no it was greg the one with all the nudies the, all the nude there was a bunch of 13 year old kids who got nude and they were like all supple yeah also a fantastic video game also a fantastic video the nudity was shown it was implied it was implied nudity first off it's not implied when literally one of the screenshots again is like a woman down in her mech suit or whatever, but it is her bare back and the top, like the top of her bare ass. We know what's happening in there. That's still. I think, implied, they, I think you showed me one that had the it had the man as well, same way. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're a grown up. Again, all of it is implied. You're not seeing you're not seeing nip nips in Thirteen Sentinels. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And Which I is think what held it back from being a ten in your opinion. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. You know. You know. Anyways, so mainly I thought you were going to go a different route with this because if you remember, Jared Petty a long time ago would come on Podcast Beyond and he would mm -hmm. talk about Speaking in 2 and we're all like, well, you can't play it, whatever. And then finally it came as a classic. And I was like, I'll play it on Vita because it came to Vita or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I played a little bit of it and I fell out of it and I didn't, and I, didn't, I don't remember anything remarkable about it. And he still holds that over my head. You know what um, I mean? And so that's mm -hmm. why I see him coming at you and I'm saying, Jared, be a man and come at me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what's this lesson? That's the PlayStation Vita. And I am charging it during the show, and I'll re-download Sweeken in 2, and I'm going to give it another wow. shot. Wow. Is it wow. because deep down you know that Jared's actually a good person and not the terrible person you're painting him as? Again, he's I never paint him as a terrible person. You know what I mean? He's just fucked up like the rest of us, but everybody likes to think mm. that he's like, you know, literally manna from heaven, all right? I mean, he is. See, there you go. That's, that's not helping mm. the situation, right, Barrett, all right, by spreading these lies, all right? I did also respond to Jared saying that I'm I'm now interested in Suikoden, uh, the remasters slash the remix, well, the, one, the ones that are coming to current gen next year. I think I might hop into those, and that is that's mainly based on me peer pressure, a little bit of peer pressure, but also yeah. me seeing the the reverence that people have for Suikoden yeah. on the timeline when they announced the remaster. I was I was shocked by how many people absolutely love Suikoden, but then also looking at my own game tastes. Like I put out a tweet a few days ago talking about how like. I finally identified my favorite kind of game. This is me coming yes. off of Inscription, where like, you know, I kind of connected the dots of like, yo, I love Inscription. I love games like Earthbound, games like Live Alive, games like Undertale. I gotta pause you. I'm sorry. I what agree up? with you and I remember this tweet. Janet again just throwing haymakers out in the chat. Quote, I never said he was a ter I never said he was terrible. And quote, three minutes before, quote, Jared is a bad person. Janet. I was gonna call I you. Ask on that, you. I, I know you're slide. just a freelancer, <laughs> all right? I know you can come in here <laughs> drunk off your ass and do a podcast. We can't do a damn thing about it. But I'll ask you right now, are bad and terrible not two different adjectives on the kind of funny scale? Shooting star Greg Miller proves his point. Thank you. Wow. Two out of five. Not a you five, won not me a over, Greg. Out of five. Woo! Fantastic.
fantastic. But no, it's mainly me coming off of my love of Live Alive and that being a classic uh, Square JRPG and how sure. much I love that when they remade that and put it in modern HD 2D graphics or whatever. The Suikoden remake, the screenshots that they've shown, it looks pretty good, right? It, it does doesn't, look good, doesn't look like Live Alive or the HD 2D stuff, but it looks good enough to where I'm like, all right, if this scratches that same itch and if the mechanics of this game are as good people are, are, are saying it is, I'll give it a shot. I might like this thing. So that's where I'm at with it. It's not even just the, the Jared Petty peer pressure. It's sure. me analyzing my own tastes and what I like out of a, G a JRPG slash out of a game and going, okay, there might be something here. There might be okay. something here. And so look forward to And that's to probably what will keep me away from it. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna, I'll give it the college try. You know, and I'll start with that. I got a Michelle Branch concert to watch tonight. I'm doing one of them live concerts on the oh. internet. You know what I mean? Wait, on the internet? Yeah, I'm not going to a concert. Oh. I'm going to a concert on Friday. Really excited about it. it snuck up on me. Lupe Fiasco. He's touring okay. his second album, The Cool. You wear Probably your mask. one of my favorite albums ever. Oh, of course I'm All wearing right. my mask. But the thing is, like, I mean, you know, I'm not a big deal. It's JRPG a Lupe Fiasco person. concert, though, so there's going to be 10 people there, but go on. <laughs> no, <laughs> no offense, Lupe Fiasco. I love Lupe Fiasco, but it's not a Kendrick Lamar concert by any means. Sure, understandable. It's understandable, a very small yeah. theater. I, Michelle Branch came to San Francisco for this tour, and I thought about going, but then I looked at the tickets and they were just standing, and I'm like, I don't want to stand. I don't want to do that. Uh, we had this conversation. Me and Barrett have had this conversation yeah. on a podcast before Great American Music Hall versus anything else. I went to a show for Michelle Branch at Slim's years ago, Oof. and it was standing room only. It was me, uh, Jen, Tim, and G, and the back sucked. Then re I had taken G to see Mr. Carlton, and we all got to sit great. Rest in peace, Slim's. Great, oh, uh, great, great yeah. venue that was uh, housed to a lot of uh, pop punk shows. Rest in peace. Wow. Had you that weird pole in the middle of the fucking venue, too. Yes, it did. I think I think I was back by or like this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> While we're on the topic of Twitter, I had an I want to have another tweet I want to bring up. Have you ever had one of those tweets, Greg, where you tweet it out and you're like, ah, oh, this should have popped off more. Like this deserves yeah, more appreciation. Yesterday, last Legitimate night, I had pretty much every one of my tweets. But yeah, go ahead. Fair enough. Yesterday I had the opposite, where I had a tweet that I view as Joel overrated. Joel in the hole, right? Oh, where like okay. I I put out that tweet and I was like, this is gonna be funny to me. Right, and a handful of people. The for people, Barry, you can find and bring it up for for the people who might have missed this tweet. Right, it was the Elf on the Shelf thing. Right, where you've heard of Elf on the Shelf. Now get ready for dot dot dot. And the it's it's the picture uh, from the Last of Us trailer of Bill finding <laughs> Joel in the hole. Right, and the joke there was like, you know, get ready for Joel in the hole. And I got so many likes on this thing and so many replies on this thing. With most of the people thinking I made the joke, Bill on the hill. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I don't deserve this. <laughs> I don't deserve these likes. It has three. It has over three thousand likes right now. A lot of retweets. I don't deserve any of. No, this. you know what? You do deserve because now, now it's got a double meaning. You've it heard does of have Elf a double on meaning. the shelf. Now get ready for Bill on the Hill and Joel in a Hole. It's just the fact That's that I one wasn't of those where you got you got the, the right answer, but you didn't get there the, with the right work. You know what I mean? But who cares? You got the right answer, so just let it be. Yeah. And that's the thing too is you did a great one of. You leave it open uh, just for interpretation. for interpretation, so people just think you're brilliant, and then no matter what they think, they project onto you. That's fair. I'll take it. But Greg, enough about Twitter. Enough about concerts. Let's talk about video game news stories, because today's news stories include Disney wanting a Star Wars game every six months, Marvel not wanting a video game MCU, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each new weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If we don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around 
the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you kind of feudy has another brand new survey Woo! this time it's not just video game questions don't ask why just go with the flow uh it's the most fun survey you'll fill out this week so hop on over to my twitter and find the link and fill it out uh and then week three of the kind of funny football league was absolute insanity aaron Rodgers, rahul coley and the packers took on paris lily gary witta and the buccaneers also nick scarpino did his best to make sure that the 49ers would fail did he succeed check out the vod right now on youtube.com such kind of funny plays also, there's a new kind of funny podcast up that is a must watch. Uh, some may say that it's worth the dollar. Find that on youtube.com slash kind of funny and on podcast services. And let me tell you, I'm be honest, I rarely tune into the kind of funny podcast just because I'm, I'm lazy and a bad fan. Uh, but I saw Joey talking about Chili in the Slack and I was like, I got to know what this is about. And so I tuned in to the Patreon recording, the live recording, and I was utterly shocked by the content that took place. We've been on a roll. Uh, the last two weeks have been the, the core crew reunited after a million studio things and trips and vacations. And yeah, the Andy episode this week is another certified classic. Yeah. I, one of the thoughts I had, and I put this in the, in the live chat as the Patreon episode was going. Sure. Am I one of the more normal people at this company? Because I, I used to think that I was Absolutely one of the least, least normal people here. But the more I learn about Mike Howard, and the more I learn about Andy Cortez, and the stuff I already know about Greg Miller, I'm starting to put myself smack dab in the middle. It's that thing where Jen and I were talking about this last night because the Mike episode was crazy enough to pull her in. And then I was recapping the Andy episode last night and explaining why she needs to listen to it. And I was like, yeah, I just work with crazy people. And she's like, or everyone is just weird. It's just not kind of funny. Everyone is weird. Because it is that like everybody's not skeletons in your closet, but you all have your personal quirks that just make you a weirdo, right? Because as you run down the line, I'm looking at my head and thinking about it. Perhaps Joey Noel is the most normal of us, but then you get into this obsession with Mama Mia and Greece too. But and I think where do we draw I, but, the line? But I think her obsession with those things is like compared to all of our weird shit, probably more normal. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Is it the fact that the people that appear mo most normal at this company are the people that appear the least on podcasts? Because I do. I think well, Greg might be onto something, right? Yeah. I think the more you put somebody in a microphone the more you learn how insane each person is. That's and true. that's the thing about it, where you really get into what's going on. I would honestly put myself out there as one of the more sane people, I think, if you were to look at the body of evidence on all your beatless chili Andy Cortez under his desk for two years. Like, come on now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Joey and Cool Greg are the most normal people at the company. Cool Greg? Yes. I love if Cool you, Greg. I'm a, I'm a, I did yes. ain't throwing shade at Cool Greg. Cool Greg? Yes. No. If you put Cool Greg you, on an episode remember, of Kind of Funny Games Daily every single day. Slack? Do you remember the video <laughs> you put into Slack randomly in Golden Gate Park interview a woman who got hit by a car? Like, that's normal? <laughs> I said this having that video in mind. And I think that's more to say about us than it does about Cool Greg. Snow Mike, Mike, I am 100% the most normal jabroni on oh, this team. Oh, fuck off, Mike. Get the fuck out of here, Michael. Jeans hurt your legs so you get naked in parking lots. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about, Mike? <laughs> no, we have a game show to do. I'm, I'm putting Tim as number one most normal. I'm putting What no. we should do. Nick what at number two, do, me number three. We should three. table this. Well, you can, I'm sorry, you can do your rankings, driver. But we mm. should table this. Uh, uh, Barrett, put it on some document right now. We do a bracketed tournament during... Uh, kind of funny day during the the stream for the new studio on October fourteenth. Mm, we will okay. we will I, declare I, I will, who the most 
who the most normal I will, is. I will, I will we'll let the audience vote. Right the audience now. will know. So we can just put up polls. All right. Fair enough. I like this idea. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors and Uplift, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. Greg, earlier today I put out a tweet saying that sometimes when there's a slow news day for Kind of Funny Games Daily, I just type in video game news into Google and yeah. see what pops up. And you know what? That actually succeeded today. I actually found a really good news story that slipped by me originally. So we're starting off with story number one. Disney wants a new Star Wars game every six months. This comes from Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming, a new source that I, I, I that is not in my regular rotation because they're brand new, but now I have to stick into my regular rotation. because they Well, Tom the Henderson's the guy who is like freelance for a long time, broke news stories everywhere. And then when he did, he launched this site or helped launch this site. I'm not 100% sure on that part. And he launched it with that. Uh, hey, the PlayStation might have a detachable disc drive. Yeah. So this site is what? Only, only about a week or two old. But yeah, like they're yeah. coming out with the bangers. And so shout out to Insider Gaming. Uh, the article reads like this. Sources have suggested that the entertainment giant Disney wants a new Star Wars video game release every six months. It's understood that Disney wants one major AAA title and one smaller game per fiscal year, which is something Lucasfilm is set to deliver on. The ramp up in video game development for Star Wars games comes after EA lost its exclusivity access to the franchise. So far, eight Star Wars titles have been announced to be in development, many of which do not have a scheduled release date. Uh, we got Amy Hennig's, uh, Amy Hennig's game from Skydance Media, we got an untitled FPS from Respawn Entertainment, an open world game from Ubisoft Massive, Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic Dream, Knights of the Old Republic remake from Saber Interactive, Jedi Survivor, the Fallen Order sequel from Respawn Entertainment, Star Wars Hunters from Zynga, and then an untitled strategy game coming from Respawn Entertainment. These eight games are the only titles that have been announced, with sources su suggesting that there are several more in pre-development. Some of the already eight announced titles are believed to be some, some time away from release, too. In fact, some of these titles are believed to be at least four years away. Quantic Dream's Star Wars Eclipse seems to be one such title, with sources citing that the game will be a development nightmare for the studio. Issues, oh. main, issues mainly st uh, stem from Quantic Dream's engine, which is apparently inadequate for such, large, such a large-scale project. Such problems have led sources to believe that Eclipse probably won't release at least until 2026. An obvious choice for a not-yet-announced project would be a Mandalorian game, which was teased last year by Xbox-era's Nick Special. Uh, his tweet has since been removed. I've heard, I've heard of rumors of a Mandalorian game, and this is back to the article, uh, behind the scenes for a while now. But so far, these rumors have seemed to stem from speculation due to the success of the series. But if anything happens, I'll update. Uh, and that's the end of the news story. Greg Miller, two Star Wars games a year. Is that, is that too much? Is that too little? Is that just about right? Well, how's this forge sticking for you? Sounds bad. The headline, Disney wants to start a new Star Wars game every six months, sounds bad. However, I would contend that it wouldn't be. And I think, you know, that it, it, breaking down Tom's article, right? It under, it's understood that Disney wants one major AAA title, one smaller game per fiscal year, right? It also says it talks about wanting. Obviously, wanting and what will actually happen are two very different things. I think when you think, you stop and think for a second, and I'm very much talking out of school in a way, but 
it would strike me probably similar to what Marvel Games is doing, right? Where they have Marvel Snap coming up this year, right? Obviously, we're all excited for Spider-Man 2. Like, you start talking about, like, what a big game is for them versus something like uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest or Conquest of Champions or the one that always forgets. I always forget that action RPG I played a little bit of, but I couldn't use a backbone, and I hate that I can't use a backbone for it. Um, those mobile experiences then offsetting these things. And I think when you get into that mobile realm, you get into such an interesting place where, yes, there are the fans of Star Wars or Marvel in the experiment I'm using or example I'm using that would go and play everything Marvel. But then there's so many other people, me, that's a Marvel fan where it's like, oh, I'll play a bit of Puzzle Quest. All right, I fell off of it. And then I don't play Conquest of Champions. I try the action RPG. That's not for me. I'm excited for Snap, right? This uh, The card game that Tim likes so much that he's been playing the beta for. That there's, I don't have to play everything. Whereas I think, you know, when you hear this headline, we obviously are all, you know, hardcore gamers or whatever, core gamers, that you sit there and go, oh, man, a console game every six months to a year. Yeah, like that gets outrageous. I think that sounds like a good clip. I think having a Star Wars game every every year, and I'm talking now I'm just talking about a AAA Star Wars game every year, sounds like a good plan. I don't think that's too much. And I think that is serving an audience that is there. You know, and it, it's back to me being a very casual Star Wars fan, like, Obviously, I can't wait for the next, uh, what is it, Jedi Survivor? Is that what it's called, right? Yeah, Jedi Survivor. Fallen Order 2. I can't wait for that, right? But, like, I didn't play um, the cockpit shooty one that came out, right? Yeah, Squadrons. I I played that at an event, and I was like, okay, this is cool, but it ain't for me. Like, that's just not the Star Wars dream I have for it. But there were other people that did want that, and, you know, vice versa, and they'll be through that. I'd be all about a Mandalorian game. That'd be super fun to go do and stuff like that so i think this sounds like a good thing i don't think this sounds like too much when you hear it as just a headline 280 characters i think it can sound like oh my god they're milking the franchise they're doing this thing when in reality they're trying to serve an audience serve uh, the star wars fan am i wrong bless no i agree i agree with you 100 like i look at this and for me it's not too different from what we're already getting in terms of the big star wars games like as you were talking i was trying to find a list of like star wars games um ordered by release date just to see what has been the cadence we've been getting star wars games lately and if you look right uh this la this last year we got lego star wars the skywalker saga 2020 we got star wars squadrons the year before that star wars Jedi fallen order the year be uh, two years before that we got star wars battlefront 2 right and it's not been yearly but it's been close to either either every year or either every other year we've been getting that and again cadence. we get back to that want right where it's yeah. like clearly games are going to slip and they're going to get longer and you know what should have been six months will take 18 exactly and i think the the comparison to what marvel games is doing kind of makes it make sense more where i don't think every single marvel game feels the same by any means right also like you true. can get uh what was the one that you liked on on the switch marvel's ultimate alliance 3 yeah ultimate or Monster. you can get a spider-man miles morales or you can get a guardians of the galaxy or you can get marvel snap right and all these things feel different to some extent you might compare guardians of the galaxy to a spider-man but even those are different properties even though they're marvel those feel like different games those have different mechanics one's a shooter one is just a 3d action open world game and i'm sure the wolverine game that we'll get in a few years that is going to be a um maybe linear maybe open world we'll just see we'll see what it is but that's going to be a, a you know a violent wolverine action game that will even feel different enough from spider-man to make that feel like its own thing i think you can do the same thing with star wars and i think the sky's the limit in terms of not only just the different developers that you can work with for star wars yeah. but then the different genres and the genres. different kinds of games you make because again you didn't play star wars squadron and that would be that would count as a big triple a star wars game but you you'll, you'll probably play the next uh, jedi fallen order game right you'll play jedi survivors oh, yeah. And that's and the hope, right? You figure, like, I think what so many people wanted 
and I, I again, you know, I'm a casual Star Wars fan here. But what people kind of wanted out of Star Wars when it got announced that Disney took over and they were going to have so many movies, right, was really, okay, cool, let's explore the universe, right? And, uh, you know, uh, Barrett, I know you're a huge Star Wars fan, so please, you know, tell me if I'm off mark here. But, like, it was that idea of people were so disappointed in the new trilogy being so tied into, oh, it's all about Skywalker still. It's still this thing. Like, I think the more they can explore that, area and space in what they want to do and then i think it's good and it's why again correct me if i'm wrong barrett Andor seems to be getting uh, a lot of love right now is that it's not the member berries i saw that tweet go around it's not remember this remember this it's like no here's a cool story happening that doesn't have to be on tatooine that doesn't have to call back to this it can just go off and do its own thing and when you think about like what would a if Disney wants to get nuts and they want to get crazy with it, what's a star wars horror game look like you know what i mean what does you know the star wars that for years Right, like get in there and get weird with it and have a whole bunch of different genres. Does this excite you, Barrett? Does What do you think about this? Yeah, uh, like this is what I've been wanting, f- yeah, since Disney. And then it was, you know, I feel like even back then when they made the announcement, the partnership with EA, I was like, oh, this is a mistake, you know? And I, I, I think <laughs> if this was all one publisher in charge of, like, uh, 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 not like Lucasfilm, uh, whatever it is, uh, wherever John Drake works, Um Busy. Uh, yeah, if if it was all EA doing it or all Ubisoft or all you know Warner, uh, not Warner Brothers, obviously, but like I know what you mean. It, yeah. what, but if, yeah. if they were in charge of releasing a Star Wars game every year, and it's like, well, yeah, we we have that example. It was EA. They released three. It was Star Wars Battlefront, then Battlefront Two, and then Fallen Order, and that was kind of a, a shit show for a long time, right? And so the the fact that they are actually trying to diversify, as we've been seeing with Marvel for the last few years uh, in the game uh, sphere, I think that's really really exciting because, like you guys have already been saying, there's you know Star Wars fans, but then there's like in that fans uh not every star wars fan is gonna like the same kind of game right even yeah. i like wasn't as into to squadrons even though i like the um the dog fighting in battlefront 2 and stuff like that um and so yeah that's really exciting and yeah i've been asking for a star wars dead space like game for God. i want to oh, say 15 sick. years because there is a there is check uh, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong let me know um there was a book that was kind of like that where it was like this uh um like a star destroyer that like got super messed up in the middle of space and it was like all horror themed and stuff like that and i remember reading that back in like middle school and i was like they 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 should do a dead space uh essentially uh, out of this and um, awesome. Yeah, and so yeah. I think we will see that in the coming years of definitely different types of games, and I, I think that's very exciting. Um, but also, yeah. let's uh, let's bring it back old school, and you know, let's make a new uh, uh, racer. Star game. Wars Demolition. Let's get it, Barrett. I'm ready. <laughs> Give me a twisted metal Star Wars game. And oh yeah, Star Wars Star Wars Racer. I would fucking. It was love. called Death Troopers. Thank you, Chat. Death Troopers. That was the. But book. yeah. I- I, I think that's the point here is that there's so much potential to do different things with the property, whether it is different eras, whether it is following different characters, or whether it is different genres. And we've already seen that happen. You know, we have a Star Wars first person shooter in Star Wars Battlefront. We have a Star Wars uh, third person action games with soul styles combat in the way of star wars jedi uh we have a lego star wars game in the way of lego right and i'm not playing all of those but i am playing the ones that i care about and that takes me back to the ps2 era i feel like we had and ps2 and and four i feel like we had so many star wars game games in fact i want to say it was probably this cadence of star wars games in terms of yearly releases because i remember and that's where you get into trouble though right where it was so many of those weren't great there were, oh, yeah. I'm not talking shit about every one of them, don't get me wrong, but it was that idea of what a licensed game would be. And I think there still is that 
fear of that's what it would be is that you would just get quantity over quality. And obviously that can mm-hmm. still happen here. But I think, again, taking the Marvel games uh, uh, mantra and example, right? I hope you'd see that from the Star Wars folks as if they were going to really move with this and go for it. Yeah. And I'll think that every now and then you can still get your Star Wars Battlefronts, not the new Battlefront, but like the classic PS2 Battlefront. Of- <laughs> sure. Oh, snap. Like, this is actually something really special, right? And then every now and then you might get your Star Wars Episode 3 games where it's like, oh, okay, this is whatever. No, the, the Episode 3 game was sick as hell, all right? Bless. I, like the, I like the fighting game mode. Don't – yeah, there's the fighting game mode, and then there's the alternate ending that they included where you play the last level not as Obi-Wan but as Anakin, and then you kill Obi-Wan at the end. And it's sick Hot. as hell. That's cool. <laughs> I remember using cheat codes for that game so I could skip, like, so I could unlock all the missions. And I think I just did that ending mission uh, when so I was in fun. the story. I was like, let me just do this last one because this is cool. But yeah, and I look for at me, the it was oh, go for it. Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars Jedi power battles. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one Tim I, talks about all the time. I played that game and I loved it, and I had it was difficult and it was all this stuff. And I'll never forget when Poe came over and he's like, "Can I try?" It? I was like, yeah, "Yeah, go ahead and do it." And he saved over my save and he erased all my progress. Oh, <sighs> yeah, I'm surprised you're still friends with him. I was okay. You know what I mean? I was probably kidding myself if I was going <laughs> to. Because it was like such an uphill <laughs> battle. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I look at the list of already announced Star Wars games, and I'm like, okay, no, this is exciting. Like, I'm not I'm not feeling, uh, like, tired by looking at this list of Star Wars games. Because, again, some of these I'm going to hop into. Some of these I'm not going to play until 2028 in the case of Star Wars Eclipse. My one <laughs> request is give me a Star Wars Visions fighting game developed oh. by Arc System Works. Oh, bless. What are you That's doing my big request. Don't, don't. That's my big request. That's all I'm going to think about. They would Netherrealm give me the violence. Yeah, I'd be all about it. God. But for that, we'll have to wait. For now, let's hop into story number two. Marvel has no plans for a video game MCU. This comes from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. There are no plans for Marvel's many upcoming video game projects to form any kind of connected universe, the comic book maker has said. Marvel exec Bill Roseman set the record straight as part of a GamesIndustry.biz interview, which comes after a succession of announcements for upcoming Iron Man, Black Panther, and Wolverine games. Quote, the world is amazingly very familiar and accepting of the multiverse, Roseman said. Quote, we have all these different realities, now they're all real, and we want to give everyone the freedom to tell their story. We don't want to say you can't blow the moon up uh, because this game over here by another studio needs the moon. I love that example. (laughs) We want to give everyone the freedom and uh, the clear lane to tell their story, end quote. The most popular Marvel games in recent years have arguably been Insomniac Spider-Man titles. Other upcoming Marvel projects include Marvel's Midnight Suns from Firaxis due in December. A Wolverine game from Spider-Man developer Insomniac is further off, as is the Iron Man game from EA's Star Wars Squadron studio, Motive, and the Black Panther slash Captain America World War II project from Uncharted's Amy Hennig. Even Pokemon Go maker Niantic is getting in on the action with Marvel's World of Heroes due to launch sometime in 2023. Finally, of course, Marvel's Avengers from former Square Enix Studios Crystal Dynamics is still ongoing with the Winter Soldier expansion up next. Just don't expect to see any of these stories cross over with each other, or indeed cross over to the big screen whenever the Avengers next ready. Whenever the the Avengers next ready for battle, Greg, I, we've been saying this right. Like this makes sense not yeah. to do an MCU style thing for video games. Yep, 
and just for these reasons, like just don't get in your developer's way. Don't let don't yeah have we've talked about it before. Don't let some journal entry Spider Man found from you know from Mary Jane mean that that somehow when you're playing Guardians of the Galaxy two there's you know a disconnect there and you're like well this whole universe is bullshit but it's open yourself up to too many problems let the individual developers make their own universes and then be the keepers of their own lore right their own universes that they have to worry about i feel like we talked about this for insomniac in terms of you know since they're make, making both spider-man and wolverine the possibility of those uh universes collaborating i don't know sure. if we've talked about i guess we haven't talked about it because it's so recent the ea side of it because they have Iron Man, and then there's the rumored Black Panther Black game Panther, that they're yeah. working on. Do you think there's a possibility of even just a shared EA universe? I hope not. I really, really? don't like that, because it's the same thing. Is Black Panther being made by uh, Motive? Motive's making Iron Man, right? Like, it, I think it's easy to sit there and go, oh, well, it's EA. But it's like, no, you have different developers working on this, so you'd be right into the same situation of, to Bill's example, <laughs> in uh, Iron Man, he accidentally blows up the moon, so then Black Panther has to have a destroyed moon up there. Like, that's a weird thing to hoist onto somebody, let alone for games that are being developed at the same time, right, that are going on. They have to check each other all the time and see what's going on. It just makes more sense to even out. And I think it also, it, you get, get into both one of the strengths of the mcu but one of its weaknesses that will continue as you go forward in time and one, one of the strengths and weaknesses of comic books of continuity right like it's so hard to get someone as a comic book fan to pick up a comic book oh my god you should pick up what's going on right now in superman or whatever whatever black panther oh well it's issue 52 ah so i have to read the other 51 issues well no but you should know x y and z it's going to be helpful to jump in with that, that like you start having to do that homework and that math and that lore thing like that is a strength of it but it's also a weakness that turns people off you know what i mean and it is funny mm -hmm. to think about if mcu continues its juggernaut run right of like when ben is seven and really is into this stuff and wants to actually enjoy these and i'm like well let's go back and watch 57 <laughs> yeah. movies let's yeah. open up yeah. disney yeah, plus if people barely want to do that for two hour movies no shot that they're going to want to do that for even five to like, six, 10 to 20 hour games. And there's yeah. always that thing where you'd, you'd and be able to go like, Marvel's Avengers, yeah. God. God. Somebody turns on Black Panther and they're like, wait, why is this? Well, over in this game and Iron Man, this happened. That'll be a cool thing for some people. Like, oh, maybe I'll go play Iron Man, but it'd be another turn off. Like, oh, well, like that they, they don't like Iron Man. They started Iron Man. They don't even want to pay the other 70 bucks for Iron Man. Like, no, like I, I, I think there's room for it. I think, you know, as we've talked about before, it would make sense out of all the examples we've given in this episode and have in the past. It would make sense if, uh, you know, they do it for uh, Wolverine Spider-Man. Of It's Insomniac. So it is all in one house. It is the same people. It's, you know, different teams, obviously. But there's crossover and people know what they're doing. And it is easy to be like, hey, do we ever talk about, who you know, Craven or whatever? Like, and he's here. Like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you could have those kind of conversations much easier than if you were ea motive you know working with dice or something and having to bounce that around and get those chains going and all that stuff that could be cool but also what does it add i think that's always going to be the biggest thing where you know i i've been very upfront about how much i like marvel games and what they're doing and that does definitely means that there's plenty of games from marvel games that i don't like or won't play or you know didn't think were awesome like guardians of the galaxy um but it does i think you know one of the guiding principles bill always talks about right is like he just wants developers telling awesome stories and so i think if insomniac was like hey we think it would be awesome for our wolverine wolverine game to take place in the spider-man universe because x y and z they'd be like oh, okay that makes sense and that's cool mm -hmm. but just to be like oh it's in the same universe because that's cool i don't think they'd be down for it they'd be like well no don't even worry about it 
Uh, so in this case, I want to ask you a question, Greg Miller. I want to do an exercise, actually. I want you to clear your mind. As the biggest Marvel's Avengers fan, that, and the video game fan that I know. You know there's... Okay, that's, uh, that's better. I was going to say, yeah. you know there's people who still actively play it. So they're probably <laughs> bigger fans than me. That I know, as that you I know, know, sure, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say tomorrow, Crystal Dynamics comes out and they announce, hey, after the Winter Soldier expansion, we're done. We're shutting it down, right? And the day after, Disney approaches you, Greg Miller, and says, hey... We're making another Marvel's Avengers game, right? We want to do it right. We want to make sure that we're doing right by fans. We're doing right by the gameplay. We're doing right by whatever developer we give this to you. What is your pitch on how to go about making a Marvel's Avengers video game after Crystal Dynamics? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, Obviously, games as a service, no. We're not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you default back to, and I know we've, gotten this so stick with me and maybe i'm being a little loose with it right of like i'm drawn to think like ultimate alliance not so much like ultimate alliance 3 but the ultimate alliances we had seen before right especially even ultimate alliance 2 which was the civil war which was a awesome thing to see done for the first time i didn't think the game was awesome it didn't live up i thought to the hype of ultimate alliance 1 but I'm not even talking about the combat, which is kind of, you know, Diablo button mashing, smash everything, get more shit, kill things. I'm saying in terms of let's give you a cast of t- characters to work with to run through an awesome Avengers story. I think that's what it comes back to, right? I don't think a – I think a single-player Avengers works, but the problem is I don't think a single protagonist Avengers works. I don't want to get it's the Avengers game and I'm only Spider-Man. I'm making my new character. I'm only Captain America. Make that into something else, right? I think the idea of having what I like about Ultimate Alliance is it's a giant roster that you can go through and play, and it's like having your toys in a, a, a you know your toy box or whatever. I think Avengers could be cool in similar to what maybe Amy's doing with her four protagonist game of giving you perspectives on what's going on. Mm. But then you get into the same conversation of how do you do that and not make them all feel a little bit less, right? It was what we ran into with Marvel's Avengers, where it was like nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but for the most part, when people played that game, they weren't like, oh, this is exactly how Thor should feel. Oh, this is exactly how Cap should feel. They all felt good, maybe a little better than good, maybe great, but none of them felt amazing. They didn't feel like Spider-Man and Spider-Man because Spider-Man is his own game, a world built around it, and yada, yada, yada. So I think you have to, limit who you can be in a, in a true Avengers game. Cause I do want a triple a experience Avengers game. I have ultimate Alliance. I want ultimate Alliance Four. I want a new ultimate Alliance. That is chock full of everybody. Let's go through and smash it and do it. But I also want an Avengers game that is based around a storyline and you are going through. And so you get into this weird way of how to do it. Honestly, as you start talking about it, thinking about it, I think maybe what would be really neat would be a fantastic four game. Let's limit it to that. Let's have levels and situations designed around you're playing as Reed for this level. You have all these things, so you're using stretch powers and doing it. You have to be Ben. Uh, you have to be, uh, you know, thing over here. Uh, you're Johnny, Human Torch. You're Sue, the Invisible Woman. Start met- doing that and build the narrative around that. And then you get into these interesting cases of what could sprawl out from there. But Avengers, I do think, is an interesting and difficult nut to crack because it is like, all right, cool. You can be four people. Well, there's, you know, seven Avengers. Well, we want them all to feel good. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a long time to make seven. And like, how would you do that? And then, okay, it can be multiplayer. But then do you, what if you don't have friends and yada, yada, yada? Because then we're back to Gotham Knights, where Gotham Knights is going to be an interesting game to play. I can't wait to play Gotham Knights and see how this feels and works. And does it feel like I'm in Gotham because I'm using this Fortnite glider to get around? And there's two Batgirls. And is that okay? And it's 
such a difficult narrative experience of dropping these people in there and having them go. I'm, I'm excited for it, but does that give the experience of what Avengers is for people? And then yeah. if not, how do you do that? I, I, I'm, you know, very dumb. I enjoy playing games, but I can't make them for shit. So how do you turn it around and go, okay, these are the only Avengers you can play at, or we worked really hard and you have seven Avengers to play with and they all feel good, but we're forcing you to play with them at certain times and not in others. And why? Then you're going to have people going like, why isn't this multiplayer? Yeah. For me, the, the thing that makes it a tough nut to crack is part of, is <clears throat> when I look back and I think, all right, what made Avengers special for me when I first watched uh, the Avengers movie or when, when I watched Avengers, Avengers Infinity War or Endgame, which is, I think, the buildup and then also the crossover nature of it, right? I know probably in the broad, broad scheme that might be a small part of it, but that's a part that meant a lot to me. And thinking about it in terms of video games, right, like we talked about here, I think the buildup might be impossible unless it is a thing of you have one developer and they are making a cap game. And then three years later, they release an Iron Man game. And then three years later, it's Avengers or something like that, right? But that even is so much investment for something that's going to take a long time that might not even have to pay off uh, that you want. So that lane, I think, might be impossible, right? I think um, the other example would be Marvel's Avengers, where in Crystal Dynamics game, there were moments of that story where I felt I felt the hype of, oh, shit, like Captain America is where? Oh, shit, Iron Man is doing this thing at his house. And those moments hit for me. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm shit, talking, talking Iron Man's at home. Oh, man, <laughs> Iron Man's at his house. But like the moment in his house is pretty cool. But those things yeah. hit for me because it was essentially generic MCU Avengers. And so like I'm projecting the Tony Stark I see in the movie, right? Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark onto the Tony Stark in that game. And so I'm getting the hype out of that as opposed to that game necessarily building up those moments for me and that those moments actually genuinely feeling like they led up to something like it's and, hard to capture that in a video game for a And that's why honestly I think if I'm Marvel games and when inevitably Marvel's Avengers ends not even because X Y or Z right after Winter Soldier in this example they pull the plug I would stay away from Avengers for a while probably I would do more mm -hmm. Ultimate Alliance which gives you everybody but then I would do these single player adventures where everybody gets their do they get their justice they get they get to go be what they you know uh, get captain america to be awesome and put him in world war ii sure why not that sounds great you know have a black panther open world game awesome spider-man wolverine like do that because again like the critical success and the financial success of spider-man is because it's an excellent game that is built for that character and one of the reasons avengers isn't great is or isn't beloved and isn't amazing right is the fact that cool we're spreading this out among multiple heroes during the campaign which people enjoy but then it gets very it gets kind of licensee with some of the villains and the choices and the narrative decisions and then it opens up into this giant games as a service it's not a games as a service we're no longer we're doing we're multiple oh you don't want to but it's end game grind ah, yeah it gets into this mess of ideas that when they developed it you know jesus x amount of years ago Games as a service was the buzzword. Everybody wanted to be the next Destiny and figure that out. Clearly, that's where all the money was going to be in Anthem. Like, that all evaporated while they were trying to run to it. And so, like, yeah, I think Marvel Games probably, I would assume, has recentered of our AAA games are going to be narrative experiences. They are going to be the, the power fantasy of being this hero, these heroes, if you're looking at something like uh, Amy's game, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think they're looking at it as the AAA game is going to be the multiplayer games as a service. Let's run with it forever. Yeah. I like looking at Amy's game as, as an example, because I think that can get fascinating in terms of where they go with it. And in terms of exploring the Marvel universe, because that's another thing that I really like about the team up stuff and the crossover stuff is that it, it explores how big the Marvel universe is. I went sure. out, uh, after the showcase, I was like, Hey, I was hanging out with my friend Rihanna and we we're talking about Amy's game. And we we're like, yeah, what if they did it to where the sequel is, 
all right, the first game ends and it is Captain America and Ice. And then he wakes up in modern day. And now instead of the three teammates he had back in the day, he's in modern day. It is him. It is him. It is the modern Black Panther. Yeah. It is a, um, a, a Dora Milaje and it's a fourth person, right? Like, though, I, I think moments like that could really hit and really feel like, oh shit, okay, now the, the, as that individual developer has this specific type of game, they're exploring the universe in a way that I think is worthwhile for Avengers. Like, I, 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 I'd be curious to see if somebody could take that same route with an Avengers game, but again, I don't. It's difficult, and I don't know if you if I don't I don't know if you can do that, and I don't know if it's even worth trying out because I think you have to jump through a lot of hoops. I think the way uh, Amy's team is doing it with like, cool, let's find let's do something original, let's find two two heroes that are unique and pair them together and see where that can go. I think that might just be the way to do it. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you know what you can do. You can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to NZXT Canvas Gaming Monitors. We are huge fans of NZXT here at Kind of Funny. And I got to say, these monitors, they're Andy Cortez approved, Kevin Coelho approved, and Tim Gettys approved because of their sweet 1440p resolution with 165 hertz refresh rate and one millisecond response hits. That sweet spot for gamers due to the balance of picture and performance. They're available in 27-inch and 32-inch curved displays. Variable refresh rate support for all of the major gpus they provide an excellent gaming experience for any game genre you can get the monitor just alone you can get it with a stand or you can get it with some pretty cool mounts there's built-in software support with nzxt cam that lets you control all your monitor settings directly on your pc no need to mess with the clunky hardware menus to lock in your desired settings they thought of it all it's sold exclusively on nzxt.com you can learn more about the nzxt canvas gaming monitors at nzxt.co slash kind of funny that's nzxt.co slash kinda funny shout out to uplift for sponsoring this episode i've been using my uplift desk for well over a year now i love the thing so much i decided to write a rap song for them the build quality is real good it's made of real high quality wood they didn't ask for it i just did it anyway getting my uplift desk immediately improved my mood whenever i'm on shows i'm standing up i'm feeling a lot more energetic and also i kind of feel like i was just maybe creating some bad habits sitting down at a desk all day i would move my legs up i'd sit underneath my legs on my chair and eventually all that stuff just created really bad back pain for me choose from laminate whiteboard bamboo solid wood butcher block or even custom solid wood or laminate options uplift desk won new york times wire cutters best standing desk from 2019 to 2022 and while i'm at it i'm just going to give them an award as well best standing desk that i use in my bedroom from when they sent it to me until now uplift desk have a 15 year warranty they ship the same day you order with free shipping and free return shipping so if you've been feeling the effects of sitting at a desk for eight hours a day maybe you want some more energy in your life maybe you want to do squats in the middle of a zoom call or something uplift your life go to kindoffunny.com slash uplift story number three speaking of crossovers overwatch 2 wants to explore fortnite style crossovers this comes from matt perslow at ign Overwatch's commercial leader and vice president, John Spector, has said that he is interested in exploring brand crossovers similar to those seen in Fortnite with Overwatch 2. Talking to Game Informer, Spector said, quote, I'm a big anime nerd myself. I think it's super cool when I see Naruto appear in Fortnite. I don't even play Fortnite, but that's awesome. And as we, <laughs> and as we look, I don't even play Fortnite, but like seeing Naruto in it's pretty cool. Uh, and as we look at the Overwatch 2 space, uh, those are things that we're interested in exploring. If and when we do that, one of our key values is to do it in a way that feels like a great fit for over, for the Overwatch franchise, end quote. Uh, 
Spectre added that Blizzard is less interested in displaying adverts in Overwatch 2 in order to fund its transition to free-to-play. The main generator of revenue will be premium-priced battle passes and cosmetics, which in Season 1 of Overwatch 2 will be cyberpunk-themed. It's not difficult Same to imagine... Punk. Cyberpunk. Uh, it's not difficult to imagine Overwatch 2 launching seasons of content themed around other brands. Overwatch has pre previously crossed over with other Blizzard games uh, for special skins, such as Widowmaker's Nova and Kerrigan Legendary skins, which reimagine the sniper as StarCraft 2 characters. Brand crossovers could potentially do a similar thing, as it's hard to imagine Overwatch straight up putting anime and comic book characters in the game, but who knows what Blizzard are thinking. After all, none of us ever expected to be able to do the Kamehameha in Fortnite. Greg, does the, does the idea of more games doing these brand crossovers excite you? Yes. If you ever watch me uh, play Fall Guys, and then they so I literally, I, we did Fall Guys for like a week on the streams here, and every day I bitched about the cosmetic shop, and then they really turned it into high gear of doing like the Aliens crossover and the WWE crossover and all the stuff there and making a bunch of bean suits that actually are things for people care about. But I also do the same thing for Rumbleverse when I play Rumbleverse, and we were doing that. I'm just like, expand your item shop. Deal, get some stuff in here. Like, I know we're talking about capitalism and business and brands and it's like ah, eh, it's, it's all but it's also like that shit's cool like you know what i mean like i on when we were playing rumbleverse right like in the, doing the the tournament thing like i i bit finally and bit the or bought the levels to go make my guy look like a ghostbuster but yeah i want a real ghostbuster suit in there that and i want the real ghostbuster suits in there too like that kind of shit pops and makes it interesting and the it's similar to what specter's saying here of like I don't know. I don't care about Naruto, right? I reviewed a couple games for IGN. God knows why about Naruto. But, like, I got no, like, skin in the game about it. I can't imagine you playing Naruto's Ultimate. Can you Star. fucking imagine, like, what IGN was like in 2007 to 2009, probably, where it was just like, we review everything. You don't know anything about this genre of the IP. All right. Damn, like I'm reviewing a Mortal Kombat game, everybody. What up? How you Jesus. doing? I don't know how to do combos. Uh, but anyways, uh, I think it's cool that it's there, and it's one of those things you can look at and be like, oh, my God. But it's like that IP just doesn't hit for you, and it hits for other people. And again, my favorite season of Fortnite was the Marvel season. I fucking mm. loved that, and I like wish in retrospect I played more of it. I wish I had focused more on that rather than Avengers because I miss it, and I wish it would you know still be around and it was still going. But like that shit's cool, and I do like those ideas. And so, yeah, to see Overwatch do it, yeah. like I will never play Overwatch 2 uh, probably outside of some weird stream or charity thing. So it doesn't affect me, but if I was playing it, I would like, want hop that in. Stuff the water's in. warm. I, I, you know, based me. on how much you you enjoy Fortnite, I think you might enjoy Overwatch. At least, yeah. I, I think there's a chance. I don't know if there's a strong chance, but like Overwatch is an easy game to get into because there's so many different roles, and I think we could find a role for you where you're like, oh, actually, no, this is pretty fun. Maybe we can make you a healer. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, make, make you a mercy. I want to be a healer. Oh, but healing is fun though. I love healing in Overwatch. It's a great time. Also, I like this news. Like, I, I think this is a good idea. I just hope they don't overdo it. Because when I look at brand IP crossover um, uh, uh, cosmetics in video games, again, we, uh, Fortnite is the forefront example you give because Fortnite is known for it at this point. And I think the Fortnite art style works really well for that stuff. Like, it, Fortnite's art style is so malleable and it's so like hey you can throw anything in here and it's gonna work it's like smash brothers where you can put you can somehow put anybody in that game and it's just gonna work right because that that those art styles are created for anybody to hop into i don't know if i would say the same thing about overwatch's art style uh, that art style feels more defined and specific to what what overwatch wants to be and i think with that it might be a little bit difficult to implement 
just the crazy amount of IP crossover that you see in Fortnite and Rocket League sure. and Fall Guys and all that stuff. But if it is a, hey, every now and then we're going to give you a Reaper Doctor Strange skin or like a cool Farah Iron Man thing that like isn't, it's not you playing as Iron Man, but it's the Iron Man color scheme with like maybe an Iron Man logo on it or something like that. I think those can be really cool, but I don't want them to oversaturate Overwatch with it. I think... You know, part of sure. what makes Overwatch cool as well is that I think the skins they have in the game already oftentimes are pretty sick. Like, they're oftentimes pretty pretty cool by their own standard. I want them to keep that same standard of, hey, our skins are fucking sick, and that's why you work for them. But if you can't have a handful of crossover stuff that adds to it and not overtakes it, I think that's the way to go with it. And that's the balance, right, of trying to find out what works and augments the experience rather than hinders the experience. Where I think for a Fortnite having all manner of skins is fun and neat because that's what that game is, right? Whereas, yeah, for an Overwatch, which takes itself a bit more seriously when it comes to that kind of stuff, putting in Iron Man skins and all these things might end up being like, okay, well, this, is, this, is, it, this isn't what that is. But, yeah. like you're saying, there's cool. there are cool ways to implement it. 1,000%. Speaking of By Cyberpunk... Way, I'm looking oh, at this. It up? was uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja 2 is what I reviewed on the PS2. Oh, my God. June 7th, 2007. What'd you give it? I gave it a 7.4. Good. Seems like a safe, uh, uh yeah, that's like the safe review scores. I, I, score I don't know what you're talking about. I had fun with <laughs> Ultimate Ninja 2, and I only know the basics about the show and Naruto's tale. The story of trying to protect Leaf Village is engaging, albeit confusing at times. The fights look cool, and there's tons of stuff to unlock. However, I thought the implementation of controls and combos took away from the fun. Although there's a list of moves, as you memorize your special technique and then alternate between circle, X, and square, you're going to win. While the results look good, they feel empty. It wasn't like I was picking the moves I was winning with. So, you end up sleepwalking through a lot of the fights and getting slammed by cheap challenges. After my umpteenth loss to Kabuto, I felt more like moving on to another game, then continue to face off with the blocking bastard. Honestly, that's a good analysis. I think that's a good review. Thank you. I think you nailed it. Would you believe that just last night I was playing Dragon Ball Z Budokai 3 and I finished through Goku's campaign? I can't believe that for a second. No, no, no. man. Would you describe Naruto as a wacky anime? (laughs) Because I did in this review. (laughs) I can see it. Yeah. That's wacky. I mean, I feel like most anime is wacky. So in that sense, yes. Okay. Okay. I I would say like Naruto is like more like one of the more like tame anime that I've seen, you know? I'll be honest. Yeah, I've but never, you know, when you're I'm, Greg and you're like, you know, you know, my yeah. pool's pretty shallow as I jump into this, right? That's true. I mean, I'll confess, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Naruto person. It might shock a lot of people. I never, I never got super into Naruto. I was way more of a oh, Dragon bless. Ball. Let me Yu tell you Hakusho. about the boy Rock Lee, because he's fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Oh, Is yeah. Naruto worth watching? It. I know. Uh, it seems like there's a resurgence of people talking about One Piece. Well, you know, One Piece, One Piece, Piece never Piece. went away, bless, you know? Uh, yeah, but I'm seeing it more and more of people being like, yo, One Piece is the shit. And I'm like, yeah. do I have it in me to watch 1,500 episodes of a no, show? No, you don't. I barely do, and I'm I'm trying. I'm trying my goddamn best. Oh, my God. Mike's still I stuck also did like Ultimate Ninja arc. 3 review. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we gave you two. You did such a great job. Now we're going to give you three. I, I mean, it's not either. There's others I did, I think, too. Jesus. Let me know if you did any DBZ games so I can really give you an analysis of whether or not those reviews are good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get so back to you on that. I've been Greg Miller, Dragon Ball Z. As you're doing that, let me hop into story number four. Cyberpunk 2077's quest director gets emotional about the resurgence. This is Ryan Leston at IGN. Cyberpunk 2077 is seeing a huge resurgence, and the devs are loving it. Speaking to fans on his Twitch channel, Cyberpunk 2077 quest director <sighs> Powell Sasko explained what it means to see the game being picked up by so many so long after its original launch. 
Quote, it's hard to express when you're putting so much heart and work into something, he said. Quote, and you know, for some of us, it's been six, seven, eight years sometimes, especially for those who started at the very beginning. So to have this moment of people liking something that we did, it's really feel, it's really feeling a bit unreal that finally people are appreciating it, appreciating it, end quote. Quote, after the release, I couldn't believe after some time I did. But at the beginning, I couldn't believe. And I remember my dear girlfriend, she was seeing me fucking completely wrecked, uh, said Sasko. Quote, but it's good to be back. It's fucking good to be back. That was really so heartbreaking, end quote. Uh, as uh, for to catch people up, right? Cyberpunk's numbers have been skyrocketing. And this is me, not not the article anymore. Cyberpunk's numbers have been skyrocketing the last week. Uh, I'm, I have a tweet from Benji Sales on Twitter where he tweeted, this is about two days ago, so he tweeted this on Sunday. Cyberpunk 2077 finishes the week going seven out of seven days with consecutive player growth every day on Steam and the number one selling game, right? Talking about uh, the daily peak concurrent players. Uh, last Monday started at 78,000. Tuesday went up to 80,000. Wednesday, 86,000. Thursday, 80. Friday 97,000 Saturday 122,000 Sunday it hit 136,000 so it went up every single day uh for that week and again like Cyberpunk announced that they had seen a million players per day uh on Cyberpunk for the first time in probably since launch um so good on you Cyberpunk Greg did you find <laughs> good the, on you <laughs> good on you CD Project Greg did you find 100%. your Dragon Ball Z review I did I would have told you like oh, no, I've never reviewed a thing and this just shows how many games I reviewed for IGN uh Dragon Ball Z Infinite World on PS2 I reviewed I gave it a 3.5 on November 18th oh, wow. 2008 but again to my point of like knowing my strengths and weaknesses and i somebody also oh you really tiptoed your way through that last review You're like i fucking tried on all these i'll have you know so like <laughs> no there wasn't a tip to, i hung fucking i hung out there but here's i like the i like i i did this one i like my approach to this one right these are this is my opening Mm-hmm. You won't find a bigger Dragon Ball Z fan in the IGN office than Shivan Bahat, our social, our, our media assistant. The guy's got full sets of toys and DVDs. He wrote college papers about the series. He learned to sing the theme. He learned to sing the theme songs, and he's watched the entire anime in five different languages. Even teaching himself Japanese through the show. Now that you know that, know this: even Shivam thinks Dragon Ball Z Infinite World sucks. <laughs> Quote, this this game has the worst Dragon Ball fighting mechanics I've ever seen. He said after fooling around with the controller for a few minutes before handing the device back to me with a look of disgust. That's it's such also a good a really way terrible to dig yourself game, out that Quote. hole. Yeah, know what I mean. That's a, I such a great pull for that review. Just so that, I mean, because I don't want to. I don't, and that's how ironclad I wanted to be on all these reviews. Like, I don't know the source material. I'll bring in somebody who does, and then I can talk about it as a video game, and then I will shit all over it. No, that's a really great way. Let me tell you, Greg. I played a lot of DBZ games on the PS2. I had to look up Infinite World. I did not remember. I thought you were gonna say Sagas. I thought you were gonna say like maybe Burst Limit on the PS2. Infinite World is what I don't think I've, I've even heard of somehow. And so, yeah, happy no, to be here. IGN.com. Right. Keep it locked. <laughs> Thank you for your DBZ analysis, Greg Miller. Let's hop in to story number five. Take-Two is pulled out of an agreement with People Can Fly. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. Outriders developer People Can Fly has announced that it is parting ways with Take-Two, the publisher of its upcoming game codenamed Project Dagger. In a statement published on its own website, People Can Fly revealed that it has received a letter from Take-Two detailing its intent to terminate the development and publishing agreement by means of mutual understanding between the parties, end quote. The split will see People Can Fly retain the intellectual property rights to, it, to its game, and, uh, and so it's free to either self-publish Project Dagger or seek a replacement publisher. The developer will, however, still have to pay back Take-Two for the money it provided to fund Project Dagger's cost. 
The details of this repayment have yet to be determined and will be arranged depending on how the game eventually how, how the game is eventually published. Project Dagger has been in development for two years at People Can Fly's New York studio. Very little is known about it aside from the fact that it is a new action adventure IP. In a statement, People Can Fly CEO said, quote, I assume we'll be part I, I assume we'll part on good terms. Uh, and I don't see reasons why we couldn't work and take work with Take Two on some other project in the future. We strongly, strongly believe in the Project Dagger's potential and are now committed to continue its development within our self-publishing pipeline. The game is still in pre-production, uh, and our team is now focusing on, on, on closing combat and game loops and migrate from UE4 to UE5. I'm conscious that this decision will add investments on us, but self-publishing is part of our strategy. Of course, we are not ruling out working with a new publisher if this creates a compelling business opportunity." End quote. I don't this I don't see this happen that often, I feel like. At least publicly, where you see a I think that's the thing. You don't see it publicly. Up. I bet it happens privately all the time, and I've known yeah. a few that privately have happened that are games you never heard of or didn't know were about to happen. I think it's just the fact that since people can fly got some juice off of Outriders and then I think this one did get announced, right? Mm -hmm. It was this idea that okay, well now that it's happened, you have to talk about it not happening. Yeah. I want to say the only other time, uh or at least in recent memory, the other the other time that this has happened has been with um uh what's the, what's the name the aspire studio with star wars uh knights of the old republic remake sure when they're like hey we're and this is uh, it wasn't like this but it was a it was the leak first of hey they're not working on this game anymore because they showed it to the publisher and they're like fuck no we're not publishing this and then yeah you see the news later on of them being like oh yeah we moved this game to another to another studio um but yeah very fascinating uh very interesting update i i'm actually looking forward to whatever people can fly to next because Outriders Dude, Outriders was pretty fun. fun. Real fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Outriders set its sights on being this game that you would play through and be done with, and they accomplished that. And we all had a great time with it, and we all make fun of Yakum, but we had a good time with it, and we should not look past the fact that that was a fun game, and video games are allowed to just be fun. Exactly. Let's round out with story number six. Far Cry 6 Game of the Year Edition has leaked. This is Sean Murray <gasps> at The Gamer. Far Cry 6 is reportedly getting a Game of the Year Edition, and it's getting a new expansion, which might be worth the rebranding. The, the news comes courtesy of Microsoft slash Xbox leaker Agior Nementi Lumia, uh, who provides us with this marketing image from Microsoft's stores database. The quote, Game of the Year upgrade pass, end quote, includes the season pass of the three DLC missions where you play as Far Cry, the play as the past Far Cry villains, uh, Voss Montenegro, P Pagan Min, uh, and Joseph Seed, the ultimate pack of pack of in-game oh yeah the ultimate pack of in-game equipment including the vice pack the croc hunter pack and the jungle expedition pack all of which are available to purchase as microtransactions and an expansion that is yet to be described far cry 6 did receive several story-based quests uh, as free content releases culminating in the stranger things themed quest the vanishing back in march greg you played far cry 6 do you remember the vanishing back in march the stranger things themed quest i do Okay. Uh, actually, I didn't play it. That was the big thing. If you remember, yeah, Far Cry 6, uh, obviously, dropped last year. Uh, a game I played the shit out of and platinumed and had a great time. And it was my, during paternity leave, I was working on the platinum. And it was just the drop in. And I could play it for 30 minutes. I could play it for 15 minutes. I could play it for, you know, three hours if Ben gave us that much time. And I could just go through and feel great and climb in my little helicopter car and fly off and fight a bunch of things and feel good about it. And it was that idea of, like, I'm having so much fun with this. And there was the, you know, they, it was a review code they had sent us. It came with the season pass. And it was like, oh, man, Danny Trejo's coming. And they're doing the Stranger Things. And they're doing, I, 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 that'll be interesting. And I never touched any of that, mm -hmm. which is just like, I think, so common for these kind of games that have these 
giant things, these passes that they want you to buy in for. You're in that moment. You get excited. You do Far it, and Cry, you never come back to it. For the last few Far Cries, they've had DLC season passes that seem incredible, and then they come out, and I never hear anybody talk about them, and I don't even yeah. touch them. I remember Far Cry 5. I had played the, uh, some of the base game, didn't really enjoy it, but I looked at the DLC pack, and I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. Like, this shit sounds amazing. And then it comes out, and... I, nobody I knew had anything to say about the DLC. I mean, stuff. I, this I feel is the like that's that, that, that's most Ubisoft expansions. I, I feel like, yeah. Or yeah, like, yeah, think of Assassin's Creed. Like, I mean, yeah. like you know, Valhalla added all this shit. Even yeah. Odyssey added all this shit, and it's like, it's even Origins such well. a weird thing of how fast Ubisoft games, in particular, well, and we'll just talk about Ubisoft, but how fast Ubisoft games wear out their welcome, where it is that thing that they drop and they're fun and we're enjoying them, and then and then it's just like. You could, if you want to, there's somebody who went by in the chat. Add Adam uh, Sheridan here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. I'm still playing Far Cry 6. I got it for Christmas last year. That's how wow. these games are. They're everlasting gobstoppers of content. And that can be fun and that can be a comfort food and can be this thing. But at some point, it becomes not exciting. Where, like, you know, I, I think in the last Ubisoft DLC I got super stoked for was the Valhalla Odyssey crossover, right? And that was the fact that they were bringing back Cassandra, and that did reinvigorate me to play more Valhalla, but it was the fact that we hadn't gotten anything for Odyssey in a while that then made it exciting. When it is that there's just this constant spigot of content that's going on, and like even for uh, Odyssey, and I'm you know a huge fucking Odyssey fan, that DLC that was... Um, go to the, the heaven, not but not heaven, what do they call it? Shit, fuck, sorry. Oh, um, no, no, that, no, that, in, that would in not... Greek mythology... Uh, what mythology is Odyssey? Egyptian? Greek. Or Greek. You just said, oh, I literally just <laughs> said Greek. <laughs> Elysium <laughs> kebabs. Thank you. Elysium. Mm. Go up there. Like that was just so weird and not what I wanted out of that story that I even I didn't finish it. I was like, I don't know if yeah. I Cerberus or whatever and do all this shit. And um, then Valhalla, like I never want to touch the Zeus stuff or anything. Like that. Oh, that stuff is so cool though. Uh way And it's just not my GM. Like yeah. I like the grounded and I'm doing the thing and like yeah, that's ah, uh, ah, I don't know what this What is. I want to bring up, I want to pivot really quickly, blessing. Mm. I think we should implement a law that you can only give your game a game of the year edition if you were actually given at least one game of the year by oh. outlet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's all somebody up. gave I'll... Far Cry six game of the year. Who? Who, who is this person? So, so, we can talk, so we can have a civil conversation. So so on PS, I love you, XOXO. We said, I, I voted for it to be trophy list of the year or some shit like that. So there do you, you go. Do you think that's what they're pulling here? Do you think they're like, oh, yeah, we so. got we got trophy list game of the year. And so we're just going to give so, them so, the year. Someone in chat said Josh from Idaho's game of the year edition <laughs> for Far Cry 6, bro. Because we need to talk to that person or outlet that gave Far Cry 6 game of the year. And I just, I just want to ask them. Did they play any other games last year? That's all I want to ask. That's why. Hey, like, <gasps> oh, you play Returnal? You play uh, It Takes Two? You play uh, Forgotten City? You play? Uh, oh, let's go. We're gonna Deadpool? go to reception here on Wikipedia. A lot of games came out last year. It's I think Kano came out award, last year. Awards and accolades. Yeah, right. Yeah, awards and accolades, stuff, but nothing. nominated for a bunch of stuff. Nothing. It got uh, absolutely nothing. It also, what's interesting here for awards and accolades, it is nominated for a bunch of awards, but I do not see it nominated for a Game of the Year award. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to the bottom of this. Like, apparently, apparently, performance apparently, based on Giancarlo Esposito. They're like, yeah, performance. Well, that's game of the year, no? Apparently, it won best action game in 2021 at Gamescom last year. Cool, but like that's that's pre-release. That's like before the game was out. That was a yeah. Preview. That's really weird too. That can't be it. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. Kind of funny. Not to be you're wrong. It if you're watching.
I need you to find the outlet and or person that gave it game of the year and then Sam Paul is in the chat says Ubisoft's game of the year. You stop me because it's the only game they came out with last year. All right, I'm I'm so excited to get to the bottom of who gave Far Cry 6 game of the year, but us figuring out who the culprit is is just so far away. Greg, if I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Grounded for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Hako Life for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Life is Strange Remastered Collection for Switch. The Fridge is Red for PC. The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero for PS4. I like that that rhymes. PS4, Switch, and PC. Tunic is out for PS5, PS4, and Switch. Moonscars is out today for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch. A Bad Game of Football is out in early access on PC. Dual Universe is out today for PC. Domekeeper PC. Black Witchcraft for PC. Casual Challenge Players Club for PS4. That sounds like an easy platinum. Life in Willowdale, Farm Adventures for Switch. Penko Park for Switch. Uh, Roots of Tomorrow Mobile. Uh, Tip Top Don't Fall for Xbox One and Xbox Series X. Cana Bridge of Spirits has received an anniversary update today, including a new game plus mode, among other features. Desta, The Memories Between is out now on Netflix. Funny enough, I think we, did we talk about that game yesterday? Wasn't that the, um, that was the dodgeball game that we played at Summer Games Fest, I'm pretty it sure. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was. That's why yeah. I made sure to get it on there. Real quick, I did a Google for you. You can get the uh, Platinum Trophy in cha- Casual Challenge Players Club in 30 to 45 minutes, according to Node Gamers. You're going you're gonna to do it? You're getting tempted? No, I'm good. Like, I, I only do Apple, ones Apple if they're three minutes or less nowadays. You saw, you saw, you see Touch the Hedgehog and all that shit? No, what is Touch the Hedgehog? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Can I tell you? Uh, Bear, I'm going to I know we're running late on the show. I apologize. Tap the Hedgehog. I'm going to drop something in assets for you, Barrett. Uh, although it will be an attachment. Uh, I, Kevin told me once that we can't open attachments. So maybe, uh, you would never mind. Never mind. I just won't do it. Uh, basically, I typed in Sonic the Hedgehog into that Pokemon Maker thing people are doing this morning. Mm, sure. It's like a Pokemon automatic AI generator. Let me tell you, my Sonic Pokemon looks sick as fuck. Maybe I'll show you in the post show. Okay. Uh, and then the little Rumbleverse mid-season update is out today. Woo! New date, new date for you. Shatter remastered deluxe bounces towards Windows PC via Steam, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and Xbox One on November 2nd, 2022. Uh, we have one squad up for you. Uh, Frank Furter writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can and says, Hey, y'all. Frank here. I've been MIA for a bit because life has gotten busy. From work to babysitting five dogs, trying to podcast, and planning a wedding, it's been hectic to say the least. Which is why I want you all today to reach out to a loved one you haven't in a while and just chat with them. Life can become so hectic that we lose track of time, and life is short. Take some time for you and your loved ones and give them a quick call or text to remind them that you love them. I love you all and hope you are all doing well. Frank Furter. Love you too, Frank Furter. Great writing. Great writing. Recountafunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube, listening later on podcasts. Let's see here. That's not a you're wrong for us. Uh, Bader SN uh, writes in with not a you're wrong, but context for Marvel games output, which I actually appreciate because I was going to look that up, but I didn't feel like it. Uh, Ultimate it Alliance 3 and Super Wars we got in 2019. Avengers, Iron Man VR, Miles Morales, and Duel we got in 2020. Guardians of the Galaxy and Future Revolution we got in 2021. And this year we've got Midnight Suns and Snap. So you're getting a lot of Marvel games. You're getting at least two Marvel games a year. And that's what Star Wars wants to do. So if you like it for Marvel, 
You might be fine with it for Star Wars. You'll be fine. Uh, Just don't play. I mean, play, ignore everything until they make small water. And then uh, multiple people have written in to say, according to GameAwards.net, Far Cry 6 got two Game of the Year awards from websites BGR and EFTM. BGR and EFTM. These definitely sound like sites you go to and you get a virus. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like sites that Ubisoft set up to then get their own games game of the year. <laughs> BGR sounds legit enough. Uh, it's like a shell then, corporation, but like a, a shell outlet. <laughs> and a shell outlet, yeah. And that's it. We're kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. Me and Greg nailed it. And Barrett nailed it. Great job, y'all. Crushed it. Let's do this again sometime. Tomorrow's hosts are kind of funny games daily are me and Kelsey Lewin. So get hyped for that. Ooh. If you're watching this live on YouTube right now, over on Twitch after this is Mike, Andy, and Greg playing some grounded. Uh, so get hyped for that. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com. So it's kind of funny plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.